else. Okay, folks. Welcome to Hell Yeah Outdoors. This is yours truly, Robert. We got my good buddy Taylor here, and we're going to talk about the upcoming bow season. What are we, Taylor? Nine days away? Yep, October 3rd we in had the, Texas. We had the calendar wrong. We had nine days yesterday, but we realized we made a mistake over the Labor Day weekend. Now we got to relive nine days again. So after today, it'll be eight days, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so we got nine days away to the bow season for archery for whitetail deer in East Texas, and that's what we're going to do. We're gearing up. We're going to go down to Davy Crockett National Forest. We're going to go do a little camp out out there. We're going to try to get on some of the early season bow hunting action out there. Hopefully we won't get eaten by a bear or a cat while we're out there, but we're going to keep our eyes peeled because we've heard some stories, haven't we? Yes, sir, we have. There has been sightings in the National Forest, so we've got to keep a lookout, not only on the ground, but also up in the trees. we got to watch out. But we're going to try to get us some meat on the ground. We didn't have too good a season last year, did we, Taylor? No, sir. But no, sir, we didn't. We, we learned a lot. We walked a lot. Basically, it was my third year in the forest. I guess it was probably Taylor's first year. In Texas. In, in the Texas National Forest, public hunting, more specifically, is what we're talking about. And, uh, yeah, it was a good learning experience. Taylor did get a hog early spring out there. We had a fun time with that, but now we're gearing up for the bow season. And uh, I think we're both going in with different different kinds of gear this year. Uh, Taylor's going to use his uh, his new, what is that, a crossbow? It's a uh, center point archery uh, sniper. 370, uh, shoots 370 fount, uh, feet uh, per second. Thank you. Yeah. It's got about 110 kinetic energy. For a budget bow, foot uh, you know, foot pounds, for a budget bow, it's a pretty good setup. Uh, it doesn't break the bank, but it'll also get the job done. I know there's a lot of upper end crossbows out there, um, Cabela's, uh, any major sporting goods store, they've got a, a a slew of them, but for the money, the center point, it's it's pretty hard to beat. I'm really impressed by the bow, the accuracy. Uh, I sighted it in at 30 yards, step back to 40, and then 50, and using my scope uh, um, adjustments, it's pretty much on point. Hell yeah, it's on point. You can knock a tick off a bull's ass from. With that thing about 50 yards. It, we had uh, two sheets of uh, plywood as a backstop, and uh, the arrow went through both sheets of plywood. At 30. At 30. Almost and didn't get them out. It was kind of tough getting them out of the plywood, but it's got enough force to where it'll go through any deer uh, yeah. or go into any hog for that matter. You brought up a good point a while ago that there's a lot of higher end stuff out there, but we're not a high end outfit. Me and you, we we hunt with stuff that we can that we we can afford. It's not the the, the ultimate bargain bin stuff, but it's it's gear that's good gear. It's not name brand, overly expensive stuff. I mean, we don't just go out and buy the highest dollar item on the shelf. Now, there's a lot of people out there that do, because they feel like they can't compete unless they do that, and that's that's a different different topic for another day, probably. But you know, at Hell Yeah Outdoors. We just we use what we can get, and that's why most people are. And 
I'll tell you right now, that outfit he's got on that dang crossbow is showing up. Uh, myself, I'm going to be using a, a, a Cabela's brand uh, Warden Recurve I picked up a couple years ago, trying to learn archery just so I can extend the season. And I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a, a challenge. I haven't taken an animal with it yet. But I'm hoping this year's the year. You know, I read the rules wrong a few years ago. That was a terrible deal. Can you know, can you kind of enlighten us on <laughs> on on that episode? Oh yeah, yeah, that was a wild deal. First year out, I'm kind of misinterpreted the rules for the national forest for archery. Come to find out, you can shoot an antlerless deer with a bow during archery season. Well, I I thought it was like gun season. And we're just going after the legal bucks. And shoot, I had whitetail antlerless deer walking all around me. I had some walking toward me on multiple episodes or, you know, multiple hunts where I was out there. And I had to shoo them away because they were getting so close, you know. <laughs> I mean, it just eats us up, don't it? It eats us up when you go back and think about it. Well, last year we was looking up the rules, getting ready for a hunt. And hell, we had to call a game warden just to verify we wasn't mistaken. And sure enough, you can take an antlerless deer. With archery, you know, in the national forest, and uh, you know the rules change during regular gun season, general season. But then when you go to muzzleloader, they kind of go back to the same thing. Now, good luck finding the deer during muzzleloader because them things they go nocturnal. I mean, we walked about twenty miles last year during muzzleloader, and we didn't see it, even a hair of a deer. But uh, we learned a lot anyway. So we're gonna try to use that this year. And we're excited to get out there and, uh, you know, see what's going on. Probably going to hunt. We won't be out there open in the morning as we both got to work, but we'll be out there uh, Sunday morning, all day Sunday, and then Monday morning for sure. Hopefully between them hunts we can get us an animal on the ground, get it harvested and put in the freezer so we can feed our families. Mm -hmm. We figured that's a jar too. And, you know, I can't stress enough, uh, it's it's – it's part of the preparation of the hunt. Uh, you got to make sure that you practice with your, whether it be a recurve bow, compound bow, uh, your crossbow. You got to, you got to practice before you go out in the field. Uh, you know, and also not only is it practice, it's also a preparation. Got to make sure you get your tent, your camping supplies, got to make sure that you get your pack ready um, it's also you know mentally preparing for what you need for the hunt uh, you know nobody likes to get out in the woods and say well I left this at home and then you're kind of stuck out uh, you wind up surviving off water and beef jerky uh, mm. there's there's plenty of uh, you know ready to eat packs out there where, you know, you can add little or no water and eat it right out of the pack. And, you know, it, it comes in packages where there's not a whole lot of preparation in it. Those are good. Um, yeah. Also, you got to think, you, you need a good topo map. I can't stress a topo map enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Robert, he uh, really utilized the topo maps on his phone and kind of got me on it. And this year, we're also both incorporating a Garmin GPS handheld unit. When you go out in the woods and national forest is so many acres and so large, it's very easy to get lost in there if you don't have GPS nowadays. That's true. 
back in the day, um, I, I hunted some Alabama National Forest and I was using the old school orange uh, tape and I'd be marking trees within sight where I knew how to get back out. I've seen people do that up there. I've seen uh, people still do it to this day. Uh, but the topo maps with the elevation and, and all that it can utilize, it's really a good tool. Uh, I highly recommend topo maps. Yeah, with the technology now, it's and the GPS sensors and shoot, I mean, you'd almost be silly to not to not have it at all, really. I mean, it'd be you'd be taking your life in your own hands, really, to an extent. I know the mountain men did it. I mean, they didn't have no choice, but it, they're easy to use. You can mark where you're going. You can be precise. It can save hours, and you know, even if you're you know just trail hiking or scouting or whatever, they're very handy. I wouldn't even consider it. I mean, some of these places are, you know, 150,000 plus acres that are available to public. And, you know, when you're out there in the trees, some of it all looks the same. It's easy to get turned around. But, uh, yeah, that's a good point, Tyler. You're talking about them GPS. Hey, another thing, too, talking about that me and you found out last year, you know, when you go into these forests, you, you've got roads and stuff. You can drive around all in these forests and you can park your truck and you can get out and you can walk in. But, uh, you know, another thing to consider is what are you going to do after you shoot that animal? What are you going to do once you get one on the ground? Now, now last spring, Taylor and I went in, and we was just we did a, a quick afternoon hunt, and uh, he got him a hog, and it was a good shot, and we got it, you know, field dressed, and then we had to figure out how we was going to get it two miles out of the thick jungle back to the road, and, you know, we ended up just using a dang old stick and lashing the legs together and throwing one stick on each of our shoulder and hiking out like a bunch of dang cannibals in the woods or something. I don't know, but it looked kind of funny. But I'll tell you, more than that, our shoulder hurt. <laughs> that was, we had to stop, what, four times, maybe five? Yeah. In the pitch black, you know, trying to use our GPS, figure out where to go. And I think we changed our plan. We're going to do like most of these professional hunters do. and We're going to actually, you know, quarter and skin it out in the woods and use the frame packs that we're going to be carrying in with us to, to basically pack them out. And uh, that goes back to that gear, you know. It's not going to be for the faint of heart. The hunting we're talking about ain't going out to your grandpappy's, you know, 40 acres with your family deer stand there with, you know, corn feeders spinning cord out and making the raccoons fat. That's not what we're talking about. Here at Hell Yeah Outdoors. I mean, we've done it. We grew up doing it. I still do it sometimes. Uh, but we're, we're talking about real adventure hunts. You know, and you can do them right here in, in Texas. And it's all over the country. But you got to have your gear ready. You better have your gear ready. You know, we may have to end up getting us some meals. <laughs> I'm talking about the four-legged kind. But we'll see. Anyway, well, we're going to go to commercial. All right, welcome back to uh, Hell Yeah Outdoors. And, uh, you know, we just wanted to kind of get back on track here and talk about the upcoming bow season a little bit more. I mean, we're, again, we're nine days away. Woo, we've been counting them down since, like, day 60. Isn't that right, Tyler? Yep. Like that? Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's really there's three main types of, uh, of of archery equipment you can you can use. And most, most archers have dabbled in most of them, I think. And I think it kind of depends on where you're at and you're in your life and in your hunting 
venture, so to speak, you know, what you've messed with before and what you currently like or don't like. But all in all, you really got three different kinds you can use. And um, you got you got your compound, which seems to me to be the, the probably the most popular in today's archery hunting to me. Um, I didn't grow up archery hunting. I just started messing with it in the last three or four years because I wanted to extend the season. Um, that was number one thing. And then also I kind of started getting into more of a bushcraft type environment in my head and wanted to do things a little more traditional. Um, so I totally skipped a compound and I went to uh, traditional and I ended up choosing a recurve. But uh, Taylor, he's he's had compound and, and now he's got a crossbow and you know that's really your four seg your three segments is compound, traditional, and crossbows. Um, I'm gonna let Taylor talk a little bit more about the pros and the cons of a compound bow because he's hunted with them before, and and then we'll we'll kind of go from there. So you know Taylor, I guess you know you've hunted compound bows before. What what would you think? You know, could you kind of talk about some of the pros of, of running a compound bow setup for this year's archery season? If you got listeners out there that are using those, you know, kind of talk about some of the things that, that they're, they're thinking about. What is it that makes people grab a compound bow at the store and slide it across the, the counter and, and pay for it? What is it about? Well, I think it's mainly about uh, the motion where, you know, when you pull it back, You've got let off where, you know, when you hold a recurve, you know, it's it's going to be the same as you draw it back. You don't have any let off on it to actually uh, hold it in position with your arrow where you can uh, let an arrow fly. Uh, recurve, you got to pull it back and it's more... Um, it's more instinct. You got to let that arrow go at a faster rate. When a compound with a let off, you can pull it back, hold it in position, uh, take longer to get a good shot alignment, mm -hmm. and uh, then let the arrow fly. So you're talking about like bow control. That's what you're talking about. It, it's about control. Okay. Um, compound bows, the draw weight, you can, you can. Uh, let a bow have anywhere on a compound on adjustment, you know, you can adjust it from anywhere from a 40-pound draw weight to a 70-pound draw weight. Um, it mainly factors into what's comfortable for the user. You know, if you max out your bow at 70 pounds and can barely pull it back, you might not get the best shot. So what good is all that draw weight if you can't shoot it accurately? And it varies from user to user on what draw weight's comfortable for them. Is that why people buy the compound bow? Is that why they pick theirs? Because of draw, the, the ability to change the draw weight? Is, you know, I mean, well, you can, I never bought one, so I don't, you know, I don't know what, what's in their mind. The compound bow buyer's mind. You can adjust the draw weight uh, that's best suited for the user. Um, not only that, but there's a whole lot of different, you know, siding systems you can use. Mm. Uh, you know, you can put a whisker biscuit on it to help hold the arrow. Uh, nowadays, the compound bows has really evolved, and you can almost competition shoot with them. 
Uh, I think that's what draws a lot of people to the compound bows because of that. So, so you would say that one of the things, I guess what you're trying to say is that it's, it's, it's ability to have sights on it and, and ability to adjust the draw weight and to be able to have basically, um, bow control with the let off you, you know the let off you can hold it back at full draw and it's not heavy to do it right what you think you can't do with traditional bows i can tell you that right now and and it helps you you know lock into your target and get a better uh aim adjustment for it um a lot of people in the archery field now you know whether it be with uh traditional recurve or compounds a lot of people now are incorporating uh, the range finders to help pin down the range to see where they need to put in place their arrow. Man, that's true enough. I see, I see people doing that. I, I look up and I see range finders and the and the, the I guess the arrow release mechanism. And you've got sights on it, and I mean it's almost like a finely tuned athletic machine. I mean, you got noise dampeners. There's all kinds of stuff on these things. It's like the F-16 of, of the bow hunting world, I guess. And they've come a long way. Uh, you know, I started, me personally, I started off with a, a Bear XLR. is back in 1995. I still own it to this day, and I still hunt with it to this day. You know, I've had to get it restrung and put new sights on it and, you know, kind of did some upgrades over the years, but it's still a good bow. A lot of hey, people, yeah. a lot of people nowadays, you know, they'll, they'll sell their bow, whether it be on a uh, uh, marketplace or, or whatever website they use. Uh, but there's a lot of older bows that's still good bows. Uh, and you don't have to break the bank to find a good bow. Even though it's old, it still does a job. So with all the good things about the, the compound bows, what would you think, like, if you had to come up, you know, with a couple of disadvantages, what, what would some of those be? I mean, you ain't got to elaborate too much, but I'm just saying, like, what in your mind, when you think compound bow, you know the advantages, what would be disadvantage? Well, it, it depends on the brand and the model. Uh, some people may not like the grip on it. Uh, some people might get a bow that might only have, you know, two or three draw weight choices. Uh, there are bows out there that have multiple draw weight choices. Um, the draw weight all depends on the shooter. And, you know, your local game laws, uh, you might want to check with your wildlife department for your state, but uh, every state's different. They might require different weights, different weights of uh, broadheads, uh, cutting um, radius. Uh, there's, there's all different game laws depending on what state you're hunting in. Uh, one, one thing with all archers, and Cabela's puts it out as the blackout brand. Uh, for the money and for the quality, you really can't beat that. Uh, one bow in particular that really impressed me, I was at a Bass Pro, uh, was the Diamond uh, Blackout uh, Compound Bow. Uh, it had smooth drawing, 
Uh, it had fast speeds up to 333 feet per second. Um, bare bow weight, it's in 3.8 pounds. It's inexpensive package price, and it's got decent accessories on it. Um, it's made by Diamond, and it's a blackout compound bow. Uh, I'm really impressed that Bass Pro put out this bow, and it can compete with any bow out there. Um, not only do they sell the Blackout Compound Bow, but also they have a target. Uh, it's Blackout brand. Uh, I believe you've got that target. Yeah, it's a good set up. It's a good target. I use it to stop my stop my arrows. And on yeah. the target, you know, better you, than a bell of hay, that's for sure. Yeah, it beats a bell of hay. Well, uh, it just rots out every year. It, it's pretty <laughs> durable. Uh, it's at a good price. Uh, really imp impressed by the quality that Bass Pro and Cabela's are is putting out. So it sounds like that the compound bow is is got it's very popular among, I guess most archers, almost not all archers. It's got a lot of pros, very very few cons to it. You know, sounds like. So that's a. You know, I, I know most of you guys are going to be heading out in the woods with that this year and. And you know that's that's one thing to do. You know, I, I'm not a compound bow hunter. I'm a traditional bow hunter, and I've been using a recurve, and it, and more specifically a takedown recurve. And and right off the bat, that's what drew me to the recurve instead of the compound was the takedown capability. Uh, that was a huge check mark in my book because I like to hunt mobile. I like to throw a frame pack on, take off walking, get four or five, six miles out in the woods, maybe stay the night, um, hunt around, come back out in a day or two kind of a situation. And the ability to be able to, you know, take an animal with that bow and then and then pack that animal in my frame pack and, and the special meat pouch I have, throw that heavy bad boy on my back, and be able to take that bow apart and put it away inside my frame pack and not have to worry about carrying it or damaging it while I'm trying to concentrate on a heavy load. That was one of the main reasons I went with the takedown. Um, these new takedowns nowadays, I mean, PSE Archery builds one. Uh, um, they, they make a good one. Fleetwood Archery, that, they're building them for Cabela's. And we'll mention Cabela's and basketball a lot because, you know, we kind of work for them too on, as our other gig. But, uh, you know, we, we shop there a lot, as do most Americans anyway. But the the Warden, the Cabela's Warden takedown is made by Fleetwood Archery, and they're a great traditional archery company. And it's got, you can buy different limbs for it. You can start out with a 40-pound weight to get used to shooting, and you can advance up higher if you want to. Um, I, I like it because of the simplicity to it. You know, I know a lot of compound users, they end up buying you know, different sights and they'll try them out and they'll have different arrow rests and they try them out and then they have a different silencer and they got to try it out and then they have a different arrow release and they got to try it out and then hopefully they get the right recipe together and and, and, and can get out there and do that and, and, and get the animal on the ground. I, I kind of took a different approach where I was trying to do it as minimal as possible. I didn't want to have to worry about sights. Uh, I was thinking more primitive in my approach and the the recurve, the, the takedown recurve is the way that I went. Uh, they got different heights on them. Uh, they make them for all age groups. I can tell you that. 
And for me, it's been real fun because it, it's really kind of taught me some, you know, some basic fundamentals of archery that that I never got because I didn't start out in archery. I started out, you know, gun hunting. But uh, there's a lot of people out there that use longbows too. And they're a little taller, a little bit longer. Uh, you can't get away with quite a short of a bow. But um, there's still people out there that use them. Now, you can shoot a long ways with them from what I understand. And there's a lot of hunters out there that make their own. And there's a lot of people that make their own recurves. I mean, you can go out there with a with a hatchet and get you a, a you know a good hickory tree and chop that bad boy down the right time of year, and you can carve out your own you know stave staving bow, you know, right there. So I like traditional. It's simple. That's why I like it. Um, I feel more in tune with nature when I use it. For me, uh, it it kind of I feel like it gives me a challenge. Um, to me, just lining up a pin on an animal and, and, and squeezing the trigger, you know, or, or letting the arrow fly is a lot like gun hunting to me. And, I, you know, I just try to always add a different flavor to it. And, and that's just my my look at it. I guess some of the cons, though, if, you, if you've got to look at things that are, you know, not so good, so to speak, compared to your crossbows or your compounds, is your is you do have limitations, um, you know, you, you've got to practice, 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 and you've got to make sure that your, your, your arrows are flying true and straight because there's not a lot of room for error. Um, you know, you, when you pull that bow back, it, you're, you're holding all that weight the whole time. It's not like a compound where you have that let off at the back and you can stare at a deer for four or five minutes as he walks around your tree stand. This recurve is making the decision pull it back go through your muscle memory and your your grip and everything and send it you, you can't hold it because the longer you hold it the more you're going to shake so there's less bow control so to speak as compared to, to a compound but and a crossbow so but it's it's a lot more challenging it's more of a challenge so if, if you like a challenge and you like traditional style i definitely recommend looking at long bows and recurves because they can be a lot of fun um, I guess, the, you know, the other style, the, the third style, and I may be missing some, but is, is the crossbow. I call it the crossbow evolution. It seems like everybody in the world is going crossbow. And, I, and I've studied it a little bit, and I see some pros and some cons. And, you know, I, I know people that are getting a little bit on up and, you know, on up in age that uh, the crossbow it can be an effective way to keep them out in the woods, even if they have, you know, joint issues or muscular problems or arthritis or something like that. Cause they don't have to try to pull straight back on it. They can, they can load that crossbow up and, and keep the safety on and be safe with it. And they can still archery hunt. So but I'm going to let Taylor talk a little bit more about that. Cause he, he's a crossbow hunter in this group. I, I'm just an old recurve guy. So I'll let him talk more about the pros and cons of a crossbow. Well, uh, I had to get into crossbows uh, just this past year. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of getting older. I'm not, definitely not in my 20s or 30s no more. And, you know, I wake up every day, something else hurts. So with all given in consideration, I broke down and bought me a crossbow. Uh, me, I've, I've got a center point 370. Uh, I paid... Uh, it was around 214 bucks for it out the door. 
uh, it's got a scope. Uh, it, it's everything I need to do to get the job done. Um, it's pretty much almost like hunting with a gun. Uh, you have to compensate for uh, the distance more versus a traditional gun, but it gives you a distinct advantage on trying to get a kill. Uh, when you go hiking in the woods all day, uh, you want the best advantage you can get. Uh, there's a lot of hunters out there that have a compound or a recurve, and uh, you know they they can still shoot them pretty accurately. Uh, but if if you're getting on up in age, or even you know if you have a disability, uh, crossbows are coming on strong. And again, you've got to check with your local game laws on on what archery equipment you use to make sure you're within legal means of that state. Uh, at one sure. time, Texas, you know, it was for only disability uh, people only. Uh, but they expanded that law to open up crossbows for hunting for everybody in the state of Texas. And they've got their own criteria. But uh, check your local game laws. Uh, crossbow, it's a really uh, simple, effective way uh, to kind of increase your odds out in the woods. But if you don't practice, whether it be with a crossbow, compound, or recurve, your odds are going to diminish. What What's your motto this year for your crossbow? You had to come up with my my motto for this year. When I'm walking in the woods and I'm waiting for that deer, I'm thinking one thing, and that's deadly. Deadly. When I see a deer, I'm going to need about on average about four seconds. In that four seconds, I can pull it up, take the safety off, acquire the target, pull the trigger. Hell yeah. If I got four seconds, I'm going to walk out of that woods carrying a deer on my back. Um, so that's kind of my theme for this year. Uh, you got to go into a mindset of when you go out in the woods, you're going to walk away out of there with something. Um, even right. if you don't get anything the first day, second day, you got to keep that mindset because it always happens at the least, you know, uh, you expect it. I'll tell you what, that 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 your motto for this year for being deadly that 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 impresses me with that crossbows i watched you set that thing in and you know when you first look at them things they kind of look like something out of a movie or they almost look toy like make no mistake they're not a toy that bad boy can send it it's they're super accurate very forgiving from what i could tell uh Man, super impressed. It ain't like a bullet where it just the wind blows it any which way. That thing is incredibly dangerous. It's incredibly neat to use in the woods. Um, you know, if you've got limb, upper limb issues and stuff like that, I would say use a crossbow because it's deadly. It's deadly. It's deadly. And, you know, whether if it's a compound or recurve, your recurve, you're consistently hitting bullseye with it. But you've had a heck of a lot of practice. Got to practice. Uh, Got to be prepared. And, you know, the one thing kind of going back to a recurve is I like it because it's portable. He can break it down. And also, you know, versus a compound or a uh, crossbow, 
if he needs to replace a string, he can do it himself. Yeah. Versus where I, I would have to take it in and pay an archery shop to not only buy the string, but to also to put the string on. So a yeah, recurve. I can put the string on out, out there in the field. A recurve has an advantage. Uh, it, it's it's effective and easy to maintain. Uh, I was impressed by that recurve. Uh, but you have to practice with no matter what bow you shoot. I think, I think we've made some good points here about each style of archery equipment that's uh, allowed and legal to use here in Texas, and, and I'm sure a lot of this crosses over into other states. So if you're listening outside of Texas, you know, you know, you know take it and use it. Um, I'm sure we missed some stuff, and uh, and everybody's got their two cents on everything, right? Kind of like which truck's the best. Um, Lots of different brands, lots of different preferences. Just find something that you can afford to fit your budget. You know, you got not only the bow, but the arrows themselves, the bolts, the broadheads. I mean, that's a whole nother conversation, really. I mean, um, get out there and, and, and do it. You know, it's coming. Season's here. 2020 has been a wild year, <laughs> to say the least. We're ready to get out in the woods. And, uh, you know, be safe out there. Be courteous to other hunters. Pick up your trash. Don't leave it in the woods. And uh, we'll, we'll catch y'all later on the, on, another, on the next episode of Hell Yeah Outdoors. Thank you. Y'all have a good week.